Folks, we are back here, land, uh, Landmine Radio. I'm very happy to be joined uh, by Vince Beltrami, uh, also known as Vinny the Union Boss in some circles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forget about it, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, shit. You can, can, say, we, you can, can say, say whatever you want? Say whatever you okay, want. Good, it's a podcast. Good, good, you can, good, right. I love it. Um, so <laughs> we just had dinner. You, you took, we went to dinner with some people, and uh, you were telling me, I got to tell the story real quick, that years ago when Dan Fagan was like big on the radio. Oh, yeah. When people listen to him, right? This must have been KFQ. This must have been yeah, like 10, KFQD, year, right. 10 years ago or something. Or? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I can't remember exactly what it was, but we had just had some, I think, pretty good electoral victory on something, and he was uh, not too happy about it. But he went on the next day, he had somebody goes, you know what? You know who the five most powerful people are in Alaska? The guy goes, no, who? He says, Vince Beltrami. Vince Beltrami, Vince Beltrami, Vince Beltrami, Vince. <laughs> which I thought was just hysterical. I, I lived, to. I lived in his head, just like I, for some reason, happened to live in a few people's heads. I, I would love if somebody would would uh, say that about me. Yeah, that'd be, right. That'd be great. That's exactly. They don't realize that you know you like that. Uh huh. So okay, so I'm here in Juneau. I came here last week um, to cover the legislature. Which, by the way, I've learned that there is unlimited content and stories. I tell you, you know, it, it's a shit show sometimes down here right it's I just mean, it's, it's just i mean and, and being here is uh night and day compared to ga- watch a gavel because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you you don't that that shows you five percent that gavel is the most kind of sensitized version of because it's all scripted and it's sanitized. all sanitized sorry more san- sanitized yeah totally. sanitized uh, that's right yeah Th- then you know you see the hall with just the peep interactions and oh, who's yeah. doing what and who's yeah. kind of you know snubbing you know, who everything's going on you know, behind the scenes. And that's why, you know, you just met our lobbyist. He's been uh, the AFL-CIO's lobbyist for 25 years. You're, you're, uh, he's one client, right? That's it. We're his only client. That's, that's all the So egg. he doesn't have any conflicts of interest. That's, know, all the unlike, egg. that's all the eggs in one basket. Right. Well, and he spends, I mean, he's here every day during the session, which is not true of all the lobbyists. No, I, yeah, I, so I see him in the hallway a lot. Yeah. I've noticed a bunch of the, lo- some of the really, really high paid ones. Mm-hmm. I don't ever see, I see him like maybe once a week. Yeah. Well, and Don is one of those guys, you know, he's not boisterous. He's not, you know, flashy. Uh, he just sits there every day and he has relationships on both sides of the aisle. Uh, you know, I've had some people say, you know, uh, why, why do you have Don? You know, why don't you have somebody a little more? I'm like, Don observes more by just being here every day. Just like you say, if you're not here, you don't see what goes on on a day-to-day basis. But he see, he has relationships with everybody. He's a trusted, you know, dealer when it comes to... Uh, issues that we care about and you know i wouldn't have any you know, lobbyist I, I asked him if he'd do a podcast and he he no. said no and then i said it would probably just be a lot of dead, dead air yeah no don's not a big talker <laughs> but but the people who talk the least get the uh, most n- normally know the most oh yeah there's the guys you don't want to mess with man something's oh. going on upstairs what is going on Somebody, is that, i wonder if that's about us maybe <laughs> well, we're gonna finish the podcast yeah, let's Fuck keep him. It's only, what time is it it's only eight o'clock that's right um oh my god what's going on up there do you hear that i don't know i do they must Bizarre. be here. they must be they, <laughs> vince is in his room that's hysterical we're, we're here in room we're here in driftwood with the driftwood i have to i have to get a different sketchy place i man. have to do a different i have to get a different location for the podcast because this is <laughs> not the yeah if they don't like your guests they can just hammer on the ceiling or on their floor. 
I wonder. I wonder if they're trying to tell us. Yeah. If the, if the phone rings, we'll we'll know. Anyway, so yeah. uh, you're here for you guys are doing some union stuff. Yeah. Or well, you guys... every year uh, during the session, we do a legislative fly-in for you know all the union affiliates. So we've got about 120 people showing up. Start you know be uh, all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, and what we usually do is halfway through the day. <laughs> this is, an, this is you crazy. You hear is... that the whole time. Hold Maybe up. we should go upstairs. They're laughing. So bizarre. I mean, this hey, is... are you trying to fuck up our podcast on purpose? No response. <laughs> Who is up there? Oh my uh, god! We should go knock on the door up there. Maybe we should move the. I mean, we, the equipment here is pretty kind of stand. Anyway, so <laughs> you guys are here for the. Um, yeah, we do. And, 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 you're, and you're the. Well, you're the president of the AFL. President of the last AFL CIO. So we're the the state's largest labor federation, right? <clears throat> and we. Um, Bring in a bunch of folks. We actually have rank and file stewards, business agents, uh, you know, lobbyists that work on uh, labor issues, and just well, about 120 people. And we do a little program for a couple of days, have guest speakers and stuff, and uh, then we spend the afternoons up on in the Capitol building uh, lobbying our issues. So the AFL, it's a group of many unions, right? Yeah, we're like an umbrella organization for roughly, I mean, 55 separate unions. So, like I said, we have over 50,000 members in the state of Alaska. Uh, compared to many other states, we're kind of an anomaly because this is, you know, often considered a, you know, a red state or conservative leaning mm-hmm. state. But we've got some of the highest union density but his, uh, any state his, in the country. Real history of, especially in the interior, oh, with yeah. the pipeline. I mean, oh, yeah. real history of union. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah um, the, the pipeline and the building of the pipeline is kind of what built the labor movement in this state. I mean, they were here before, but that really, uh, you know, took it to the next level. And uh, we've been holding our own. I mean, we're sitting there. Trading punches, swinging, trying to do things for workers and workers' families. Uh, you you guys are you guys represent public and private. Public, and, yeah, we're about fifty-fifty split. So half building trades and other private sector unions, uh, and the other half is uh, public sector, state workers, municipal workers, federal workers. Yep. So you come to Juno quite a bit during the session, or um, is it kind yeah. of? Yeah, like I said, I mean, we have a daily presence here with Don as as our lobbyist, and uh, he's also a know, tall lobbyist. He's a big guy. He's about. Six four three fifty. He's he's coming he's he's coming up on Mike Dunlavy. He's almost he's almost yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. He outweighs Mike by about a hundred pounds, I think. But anyway, <laughs> no, Don's great. But I come down, you know, uh, several times during the session. Um, usually when things are heating up, and you know, right now it's been a little quiet. So well, today we were there. I was there uh, all day, and everybody was talking about the house thing, and it was funny because there was rumblings that they had some kind of organization, and you, I mean, I could just earlier talking about being here you see like people going in people's offices you know on a minute they're, they're walking fast they're they're everybody's kind of you know rummaging around mm-hmm. and then there was kind of talk that it was going to happen and then they gavel in at like must have been like 5 p.m and it was it was at that point people kind of realized it wasn't going to happen out by and 501 <laughs> it, it was about a minute it was it was yeah. gavel in move to adjourn and yeah. the person next i was sitting in the gallery because um i've been uh i've been denied a press pass we can, what yeah that's ridiculous. They, they, uh, they've, they've made some new... Well, they aren't official yet, but there's some new rules about mm. who can get a press pass. And let's just say there's some rules that I think are um, very Designed unique to me. specifically for one individual? Yeah, for, for one person. <laughs> Maybe they'll call it the landfill well, rule. You, you just keep doing you, because what you're doing is great. Well, it's, I it's, think you do a service for... It's, you, know, you don't have to have a press pass to do stories, mm-hmm. but it helps because of the pictures and getting on the floor if, if right. I had it. But I'm in the gallery, and, and they did it, and this woman was there, and I think she's visiting, and... She's not like into politics. And she's like, I waited all day for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's been interesting watching the uh, kind of the house lack of organization. But it's, uh, 
Who knows what's going to happen? This is uh, first time since '81, I think. Mm -hmm. This has happened, and in '81 it was I think 20, 22 days. Now we're on like twenty seven days. And it appears that there may be an organization uh, coming together. There's talk about that. There's There's talk about it. We'll see what happens. There's been talk talk for shit a month. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, actually the things that uh, Gary Knopp has brought up are real, um, I think, uh, valid issues. In fact, that that, um, it's such a thin majority where you've got at least one, if not a couple, very unpredictable people. You know, if they end up in that well, I, th- uh, I think what majority, I think what Kanap is demonstrating to me is is in twenty one, anybody can just at any point say, you well, know, he's he's fuck been it, he's fuck been it. he's been vetoing the organization, so, so he's showing what anybody could do, right? Exactly, and, and the fact that more people aren't kind of recognizing that mm-hmm. they just see him as some obstacle. I mean, any any one of the members could could do that. And I did a podcast with John Harris a while back, and mm-hmm. former speaker, and he was saying, right. you know, you, you need twenty five, really, oh, yeah. you need thirty, you know, twenty eight's better, but Right. I mean, so depending on what happens, I mean, if the if the group, the Talarico led group, uh, ends up get, being in the majority, um, that's fine. It's going to be tough for them to get a lot of stuff done um, without a bigger group, and that's the danger. Other thing is, no, in that group, no rural legislators. Yeah. Which is historically, there's, well, there's as far always, as we know, I mean, I'm not well, sure. The, the first one when they come came together oh, true, after the, true. right? You know, because historically, Republicans have had guys like um, Bryce Edgman, mm-hmm. Neil Foster, and then. Right. Before Bob Heron and Ben Nagiak. Yeah, except in those cases, they usually had good assignments for those guys to come over, right? There were good reasons yeah, for no, them they, to they come had, over. Yeah, they had a good reason, yeah, sure. When they announced that uh, right after the election, when they announced their thin majority uh, or whatever. That was the most um, bizarre. Pr- I, I was there. I filmed it. I, yeah. I live-streamed it. Yeah. And Eastman wasn't even there. Right. Right. And, so they didn't really have 21 even then. And, and they um, up was part of that 20. He was, yeah. I I think yeah. the other group, the most, the mostly Democrats plus, plus Gabriela de Luis Stutz and then uh, Gary Ortiz, or I'm sorry, Dan, Dan Ortiz. Ortiz yeah. Um, I think they they that probably was, if anything, the uniting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be purposeful. It's got. I mean, otherwise right? they're trying to hammer something into the yeah. floor. Maybe we should, should we go upstairs? Knock on the door. We could we could we could pause and then. Uh, you, want, you want to? Not yet. I'll let, you, I'll let you knock, and <laughs> probably political people, they're going to, oh my God, it's Vince Beltrami. Okay, well, they probably heard that. That's why they're doing that, right? They're trying to interrupt us. I wonder if, oh, what if it's like a legislator? <laughs> nah. Um, God, that's bizarre. I, I, gotta, I think this is the my cue to find a, a, a little <laughs> nook here in Juneau uh, that's where I can right. do the podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, and you've also, I ran for the Senate twice. Yeah. And you ran for the Senate. I and did. Yeah, I did. What mean was it? To. 14, 16. 14, 16, same, same yeah. time, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, you ran against uh, Senator Giesel. Yeah, now the president of the uh, Senate. <laughs> so how does, how does that work? Do you guys. Yeah, well, you know, it, it was, uh, there was never, we're fairly, you know, on opposite sides of the spectrum, you know, obviously, oftentimes. But running was interesting. I kind of looked at it as an opportunity to see if I could you know, break through that veneer with her and kind of establish a little bit of a rapport, uh, you know, because you spend a lot of time talking with each other uh, in different forums, right? And it 
didn't quite go uh, that way. I, I never got personal and kept it on the issues. But you were, you were uh, hitting the door. I remember you were hitting the door. Oh, I, it was pretty yeah, hard. I lost twenty five pounds. Yeah, I, I, when, when I ran, I, I lost yeah. about fifteen pounds yeah. that summer. Yeah, I gained it all back pretty quick. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I, you know, I really enjoyed it, and I'm, I'm really glad I did it. Uh, I never expected, really, at the outset, that I would win. Um, and well, then, what was then it of course, it was... people started telling me I was gonna win, and then you know how that gets. You get a, pretty excited. I know. I remember when I was. Twice it was like people, you know, you don't know what to believe. Because yeah, you know what no, I got? There's no polling. I got trumped. Really? You know who told me that? Who? Matt Larkin. Oh, mm-hmm. well, he's a pollster, so yeah. he knows. Well, he said uh, that uh, really I was ahead in these polls, and that at least on the hillside, they had uh, Trump winning the hillside by like five points, but they still said, you know, I should win. But then, you know, literally, that James, remember the James Comey letter that mm-hmm. came out two weeks mm-hmm. before the election that kind of. Oh yeah. In part, some people think that sunk uh, Clinton's uh, chances there. When, when he but, reopened the investigation. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. what it did is it brought a lot of people to turn out to vote that weren't going to. I, and at least in my discussion with Matt, he can correct me if I've mischaracterized that. Uh, but he he said that Trump ended up getting like fifteen, winning by fifteen points on the hillside, not the five that they had. What was the total? What was the re- uh, final result with your? I w- I think I lost by three points. Yeah, no, I remember it was kind of people were like, 500 Ooh. votes, something like that. Yeah, and that, that's one of the highest turnout uh, districts in the yeah. state. Yeah, but the good news was, I mean, I, I talked with a lot of people. I, You know, I've been involved in helping other people in campaigns. That's kind of my our job, right? So to actually have the experience of doing it yourself, for yourself, uh, I think gave me a lot of good experience. I'm sure, I'm sure like me, I mean, I've run twice. I'm sure you've got a million door-to-door stories. That, oh, yeah. You know, just oh, yeah. weird. Like, I only had one guy pull a gun. <laughs> I, I, you know, I had a guy one time, he was a, a pilot. I don't want to say for who, but he was, a, he was a pilot for a big, big airline. And he had a real, real nice place, actually pretty close to where I lived and um, okay. where I live. <clears throat> and we're talking and he's just having a good conversation and something, all of a sudden something like there was a noise, right? And something fell. I looked down and he had a, a gun. It was a Glock and it fell out of his like waistband mm-hmm. and they're like on the floor. And he's like, oh, oh, so, oh. Sorry, I should have, uh, you know, secured that better. I'm thinking, like, what if that fucker went off and, like, got, got me in the leg? Yeah, no like, doubt. Th- you know, that would have been p- great PR. Oh, yeah, I guess. Landfield shot <laughs> going door to door. I don't know, the one that sticks in my mind the most is not even that good of a story. But, uh, you know, I was hitting Bear Valley, you know, p- places that people said they hadn't seen anybody knock on their door ever. You know, I was like, I'm going to hit every door I can find, you know, and I was doing it three, four hours a night every day. Um and I remember I could see this guy's house. It was one of them prow fronts, right? But you had to do like three switchbacks going up the driveway to get to his oh, house. Oh, yeah, no, I got, I got some of those in mine. And, and, and then, and and then when I get to the top, I look, and there's like three flights, three stories of stairs to get to the front door. And I can see the guy looking down at me. And so I'm like huffing it, you know, and I go up those three flights of stairs. But I wouldn't have knocked until I usually had got my breath back, you know, a little take a second, catch your breath. Well, he saw me the whole way, so... I didn't even have my breath in, and he opens the door, and I'm like, hi, I'm, he goes, I know who you are, I'm not interested, and he slams the door. Oh, <laughs> he shit. watched me walk all the way up. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Where I, am I? I'm like, dude, you could have just yelled down the driveway, I would have turned around. I had some of those in, um, <laughs> you know, like a lot of my district, it's like pretty like tight, kind of urban, so oh, yeah. you just knock, you know, bam, 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 yeah, but some of them sure. in Ocean View over there, same kind of deal where, I mean, you have to, it probably would take five minutes to walk between each house, mm-hmm. but, but right. the other thing is where those houses were, they're higher income expensive area so those people those people vote mm-hmm. so you, yeah. you want to talk to all of them yeah. so i'm i'm uh i'm just doing that I'm, i one one day i think i hit i was two hours i think i hit like 12 houses 
or something. And and you, you get up to the top and then the, no one's home. You're like, shit. <laughs> That's part of the deal, though. Part of the deal. So you're in town all week or you're just in town? Yeah, till... no, we just got the next couple days to be out on Wednesday night. But, uh, you know, we'll all come back down as needed throughout the session. So, so, so do, happens. does your uh, kind of reputation, uh, what, what somebody, somebody once said they describe you a, a cross between uh, Jimmy Hoffa Darth and Vader Darth Vader and Satan. <laughs> I'm like, what? Come on now. Wow. <laughs> people that just don't get to know me, right? I mean, that's... So the people who don't know you that... And especially, there's a lot of new freshman legislators oh, this yeah. year. Do, do you do just to kind of like? So I ran in 2012, and I didn't. I knew who you were. I just you were yeah. the scary union enforcer <laughs> guy to me. And I remember I saw you one time, and um, I forget why I was there, but I was over there downtown at the 510 L Street building. Denali Commission. I, I got on the elevator. Yeah. I was going for, but you were for Denali Commission. And I'm one of the Denali Commissioners. Yeah. I, I remember being in the elevator. And I remember just being like, "Oh my god, oh my god, this guy." Because I was, I ran in 2012 as a real kind of anti-union back. <laughs> right, was a lot different right, back then. Right, right. I remember thinking like, oh, but there's no him. Like he's gonna hurt me. Oh, I knew and, you were. And, and then, and, oh yeah. <laughs> and the, but then when I met you, when I got to know you, I was like, this is like this guy's the nicest guy. Yeah. And then you tried to hit on my daughter or something. I can't remember. Well, one of I, my daughters. Um, that was. <laughs> there was a wedding. That, we can move on. Okay. It wasn't. <laughs> I think I delivered the message. Anyway, let's, let's just say I got the let's just say I got the message on that one. <laughs> Very clear. Very clear. Um, so, where was I going with that? Um, anyway, well, you so thought the, I was a big scary guy. Yeah, and, but, uh, you know. but do you the, do you meet people who have this opinion of you? Oh but yeah. Then, but then I mean, they don't want, they don't they don't want to meet with you, or maybe they eventually. Uh, you know, I think generally when I get to meet folks and talk to them, you know, they figure out, oh, he's not the you know, big ogre, mean, nasty guy that people think he, he is. I mean, I have a duty to represent. I mean, literally, this job I do, I believe, it feels like a calling to me. I feel like I'm doing the best I can to help represent, every, you know, everyday average workers and their issues. Uh, that ends up painting us on one side or the other sometimes, and the people that we find ourselves across the battlefield from, so to speak, during election cycles and whatnot, they try to villainize me because it works for them, right? And mm-hmm. um, that's fine. But I, I think I've knocked down a lot of those barriers. But I mean, as president... Not, not to say that I can't get on step and, uh, you know, um, give people a piece of my mind occasionally. But I've as, known as, for doing that. As, oh, I know I know you have. Uh, <laughs> as president of the AFL, I mean, they nobody has to meet with you, but I mean, it's, it's basically... They, they, you're somebody they need to meet with. I mean, you're not some crazy guy from well, the street. I, I think, I mean, what it boils down to is we rep, I, I represent, um, you know, 50,000 or more workers that are unionized in the state of Alaska, but not just them. I think I represent all workers, you know, that are looking to not have labor laws diminished or, you know, you know conditions uh, eradicated or whatever. So I, I think at least in the role that I'm in that people will take a meeting with me. Um, what, what about um, the ones that you've, although you've run really hard against? You mean like the person I ran against? Or, or, yeah, that specifically. <laughs> or people that or we've really gone just after. people you've gone after. You're, you're, yeah, you know, I, I, early on, I don't think I approached that. I was like, you know, always caging for a fight. You know, I did, I did a little bit of time um, – roughhousing and working in bars and you know i was used to scrapping however it you know you had to do things and i think when i i can't kind of came in with that attitude originally like i'm gonna you know, i'm not gonna back down from anybody and i generally don't but the approach i took uh was not very sophisticated i think when i started i was looking for a fight when, when did you when did you start to. you were doing it for it's been 12 years yeah wow. 2007 yeah 
And so I think over time, I mean, I, I, I did a couple dumb pieces. One, Gabrielle Ledoux uh, has reminded me of. In fact, I didn't remember the piece, and she emailed it to me immediately. Candidates, like, ne- oh. candidates never forget. Yeah, and then, I mean, you know, Senator Coghill took uh, umbrage with some of the things we did. There's been a number of folks who we've, uh, like I said, I kind of went on the uh, offensive uh, with that I, had I known... I think the political landscape a little better. I would have been more measured in how we did things because when you don't beat them, then you have to deal with them. And if you didn't treat them fairly, and we never try to villainize people personally. I mean, this is about policy and uh, just making sure, trying to hold them accountable to do the right thing. That's what we think is a, a good thing for workers in the state of Alaska. So, I mean, generally, I think I've figured out how to navigate that better. Uh, obviously, we're coming out of a little bit of a rough cycle where we had... Uh, this, isn't, the, this isn't 2014, is it? Right. No. 2016. No, the, the I mean, we kind of, uh, you know, got caught lightning in a bottle in 2014. Uh, uh, with Walker. With and Walker. Yeah. yeah. And then that whole unity ticket and whatnot. And this time, of course, it was like the opposite. We couldn't get, you know, there were two guys. One wouldn't get out of the way. Uh, made it virtually impossible. Um, and of course we ran pretty hard against the governor now. Uh, and I don't think, uh, I, I certainly haven't asked for a meeting, but I have heard of, uh, some labor guys that have been denied meetings, uh, with the new governor. I think the only labor folks that supported him were the correctional. No, I know PSEA, public safety. One, one of the he, super, he always wears that jacket. Yeah, PSEA. Mm-hmm. So they, they must have. <laughs> well, you know, they're uh, can't beat them, join them. Yeah, you know they're they're affiliated with us, and you know if they have an entree with the governor um, that helps on their issues, and I'm all for that. So even though you guys have affiliates and people you work with, you, they can still kind of. Endorse who they yeah, want. Yeah, each they can... union can individually endorse whoever they want. When we did the FLCIO convention, we had more or less uh, a very strong majority. Or, you know, people said it was unanimous, unanimous, but it wasn't really a unanimous vote. But there were still a few that, you know, well, at least the PSEA anyway. They they pulled off and they endorsed. And then we had some of our affiliates who endorsed Begich and some who endorsed Walker. Yeah, I remember. I remember that you know. was a contentious kind of. Well, thing. and that's really what it boiled down to, and and you it was virtually impossible to win that. So, you know, going forward right now, you know, we still would hope that we can work with the administration, uh, you know, in certain places. But coming out of the gate, they're not doing anything that's making anybody too happy uh, mm-hmm. from our side. And that's I well, mean, he, he was a governor. Dunleavy was a teacher. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he and was. I, I mean, I've had a decent personal rapport with the governor. Um, and we've talked about how your kids are doing, going fishing, things like that, this and that. Um, we haven't had a lot of policy type discussions, but this is when he was a know, senator. Yeah, yeah, when he was a senator. But of course, the chief of staff, he has got. Uh, he is one of those guys. Tuckerman Babcock. Babcock. He's uh, you, you I got, live you in got, his head, and you, he is uh, apparently. You guys are you guys are hanging out on the weekends. No, right? no, he. Uh, you know, he's got some weird fascination, as does his uh, writer. Uh, <laughs> oh God, yeah, she uh, uh, to go after to go after me, and that's fine. You know, we were, we were at dinner earlier, and she was uh, she, she was there. Yeah. So yeah. maybe uh, maybe maybe we'll be in her little thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, right out of the gate, the, the one thing you know, they they made a, an appointment to the Department of Labor for Commissioner uh, Tamika Ledbetter. Yeah, see, when they did that, I, did, I had never heard of her before. No, I, it, I know surprised, she it surprised a lot of people, and she looks like a good pick. Um, but then you see that they tried to put 
you know, Art Chance into labor relations. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, he's they're a, trying to he, appoint he, people he, with you, no... You and Art have definitely had a, uh, a colorful yeah. social media uh, uh, yeah, past yeah. exchanges. Yeah, he's fun. He's easy to light up. Oh, he gets, man. He, he, gets he gets jacked up quick. He, yeah. he doesn't hold back at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell that one... I, I think he may have been a few... Uh, was it Shivas? Is that his? Yeah, no, I took I took him out once, and he had Shivas on the rocks. I think he drink. was a few scotches in uh, when he made that last he, uh, comment so, uh, towards me. He made one to you, and he he, he <laughs> it was a, it was a spell check or something. It was a so he said he said he was gonna say I'm gonna he I'm gonna, went, I'm, gonna I, I'm gonna eat your lunch and fuck your girlfriend. Yeah, but, but but he actually said I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna, gonna fuck eat you. you lunch and fuck you girlfriend. <laughs> I'm like wait a minute. <laughs> What do you, I don't know. <laughs> that, that, that was so he one, had to be a few. That was one there. of the screen grabs yeah. I'd had yeah. from from over, ones I've collected. It, yeah, and yeah. that was one of the ones I put, put in the article we did on just like the yeah. just just the insanity. Of well, this the guy's. funny thing is how tough he talks is a lot different than when you knock on his door in person. So we we both so he lives in my di- district. We both knocked on his door. Yeah, I knocked on his door when uh, I think it was maybe for Eric Croft run for assembly. We were out just knocking on doors, and for some reason he was on a retiree list of ours and. He didn't, I mean, he'd also already said all kinds of nasty stuff about me, but I'd never met the man, you know. Did you see the name? Like, our- Oh, I saw his name, and I'm like, oh, this has got to be the same guy, this right? be a beauty. Yeah, so I knock on the door, and he answers. He's like, what do you want? <laughs> I said, hey, uh, you're our chance, right? He's like, yeah, who the hell are you? And I said, and he was in a bathrobe, this white <laughs> yes. bathrobe, and he had these skinny little legs and this big, like, uh, uh, giant dog behind a little baby gate that was could barely it was, it was, was huge the house, like, house in ocean view right yeah big hot nice house yeah yeah big house yeah but anyway i said well i said you know we've never met but you seem to you know have a habit of going after me pretty hard and he goes well, who the hell are you i said my name is vince beltrami and his eyes got like saucer big and he took a step back he probably didn't know you were there for like a candidate did he no and then thought I you were coming there to go yeah fuck, another, fuck him well, up. i don't know i said look you know we're just out knocking on people's doors your name's on the list and i said i said why do you treat me so rough man i'm a decent guy maybe we should talk a little before you start hitting mm-hmm. me all the time and, usually usually the, the the meaner they are online yeah the nicer they the the yeah. the, the, the or the calmer or the nicer they are in person yeah, i've noticed yeah. and the but, interestingly though i mean so i'm talking to him and i'm real calm and he's just not comfortable all of a sudden i see these little chicken legs you know just shaking oh like a leaf God. and i'm like is he scared or is it the scotch i'm not sure what he's a drinker yeah, yeah no i yeah, think he's a anyway. drinker but i had a decent conversation with him and i thought maybe he'll treat me nicer uh, and that lasted when, for when, a little when, while when i when i knock on his door um he talked to me for a lot i think i was with uh I'm not 100 percent sure, but I almost I'm almost positive I was with Nat Hers because mm-hmm. he was going door to door with me one day, or I was with somebody from the media. But uh, he he kept saying he's like I I keep I keep telling them that that I keep telling them that because Craig Johnson got in the race right, so it was me and mm-hmm. Craig, and I right. keep telling them that that we're gonna fucking get Landfield elected if they split, <laughs> and this is a problem. And he's like, you know, he doesn't hold back how he thinks, but um, yeah, wow, that's uh, that's what, one more thing I want to ask you. So you were involved in the Alaska's future. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that was the whole kind of GCI led, but mm-hmm. you guys were part of that too. Mm-hmm. A couple, I guess it was yeah, two, Ron two, three years Duncan ago. Duncan and I were the co-chairs, and, and so a lot of people thought that was kind of funny because you got. I mean, you you tried to once organize. Oh yeah, no, G- I GCI. ran two organizing campaintings on GCI. GCI when I was a brand GCI new organizer, not union. So you right. tried to. So I mean, how did you guys get together? Well, that was surprising because uh, I got a call from him, and uh, uh, or somebody wanted to set up a lunch between him and I, and I'm like, yeah. 
I said, he remembers I'm the guy that tried to organize his company 20 years ago. Oh, yeah, no, he's fully aware. And uh, it was just an issue where, and I still stand by, you know, being a part of that because the whole idea from our perspective was that we needed a comprehensive fiscal plan, and we still don't have it. Uh, Of course, it just ended up, you know, uh, some of the folks I was on there with didn't, um, you know, we were more of a actually let's make this a broad, you know, if you need a little bit of a broad-based tax, if you need to do a little bit on the uh, POMV, if you need to do, you know, things here, let's come up with something. And actually, Governor Walker came out with a nine-point plan that kind of covered all those bases, but just couldn't get a lot of people to get on board. And, uh, you know, ultimately, the only thing they were able to pass, uh, and it took a while longer, was SB 26 last That's session. That's a POMV, though. Yeah percent of market value and even now that's being kind of discussed on some well but you know what are we going to do jeff you got nothing I we mean, got we got limited revenue based on whatever the oil tax structure is and that really provides all the revenue you know the governor governor walker actually you know cut the budget significantly over those four years people don't like to give him credit for that but they did it was it was a uh, it's peak and th- under parnell in 13 yeah. i guess fiscal 13 it was about almost eight, eight, just under eight billion. Right, and when you look so, at that, so almost, who, almost double. So you just said Governor Parnell and who was in charge of the House and who was in charge of the Senate. It was one party control of the whole yeah. shooting match, and all they did was <clears throat> I think wildly I, spend every. I think the dollar. The, the biggest one ever was tw- thirteen, and that was done in twelve, and that was a Republican governor, Republican House, and then it was a bipartisan coalition Senate, in the Senate. Senate but, but then the next year in thirteen. Mm-hmm. That flipped to Republicans. So there was two years where it was Republican House, Republican Senate, Republican Governor, mm-hmm. and you know those were some big. Yeah. Those were some big. I mean, big, big pumped up. You guys probably like the capital budget, so because of that course, helps, I mean, that helps well, that really, right now we were at that time. Of course, we were awash in hundred dollar a barrel plus oil, right? And the capital budgets were two and three billion dollars a huge, year. Huge. Now they're down to hundred and some million. Hundred and some million, hundred to two hundred million, and it's just the minimum necessary that that to meet the match that the federal government requires. Mm-hmm. But, you know, how are we going to get out of this? I, I mean, really, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors coming from the Dunleavy administration at this point. You know, they're going to roll out that budget. Um, I'm not sure when, when you're when, Wednesday. publishing this, but uh, Wednesday, yeah, uh, probably, February 13th. This will probably we'll, come out maybe the day of the budget. So yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow so or Wednesday. roll out the budget. It's going to be, it's going to be you know, hammered. It's, you know, the, the interesting thing is there's a lot of folks from the governor's party who are not on board with his idea of cutting so much. I mean, well, you saw we've cut some services of the, to the bone as it is. Some of the interactions with uh, Tammy Wilson, for example, with Adana Arduin, the budget director, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and others have um, not been positive. Right. Well, yeah, bring in a hatchet woman from outside who doesn't have a great record wherever she's been. You well, she now she now identifies as an Alaskan. Mm. What, what was your tweet? What yeah. what are you do are you doing? Well, in Al- how, no, how was it? It was. Uh, do you like what Dunleavy and Babcock hashtag are doing? to Alaska. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know who the hell came up with that. If that, that was, was you. Me. That, was, that was completely me. That was that was genius. <laughs> man, it's anyway, perfect. Anyway, I mean, we're in a we're I think in kind of a scary situation. I'm not sure how they plan well, to anybody with any ounce of kind of intelligence or uh, fiscal understanding knows that if you're if you're in a big deficit and I don't know where you are on the dividend, but if you if you if you if you have a huge dividend which costs money from the state oh, yeah. and you have a big deficit uh, the the for me at least in my mind the easy answer is we have to have a smaller dividend mm-hmm. and we have the money to actually fund the budget right with with oil taxes and oil yeah. revenues and with 
uh, and remember that earnings smaller, from the per- that smaller dividend. If you're talking about a sixteen hundred dollar dividend, that's still uh, you know a hundred and fifty percent of what the average dividend has been over the over the years. Yeah, and pe- people you know? people are you know, and I think people would people rather have that or have to pay taxes at some point, right? I mean, you got to be able to fund your government and have adequate services for the people of this state, and they're not—they're not, they're not going to get it uh, the way they're attempting to do it right now. Well, I think it'll be, you know, when we're, this... we're just about to come out of this recession, and if they do a billion-dollar cut, it's going to put us right back in that place. Well, I've been saying for a long time they've cut it from eight combined capital operating down to four and a half, mm-hmm. um, but now in the last couple of years, when it was down quite a bit. Uh, when somebody, you know, tries to do a ten million dollar cut or a twenty million, and to cut a billion, it's a thousand million, right? Mm-hmm. Someone right. tries to do a ten billion dollar cut, twenty billion, twenty million dollar cut. Uh, people go whatever it is, ferry or, or education, whatever. People go nuts, mm-hmm. and they usually end up putting it back. So yeah. how? I just don't understand. I mean, the legislature is going to have to put a lot back. Oh well, yeah, of course. Is he going? Is Dunleavy going to veto? Is there going to be a fight? Is there, it's just going to. It's gonna, it all remains to be seen, you know. Well, I want to thank you for doing the podcast, Vince. Yeah. I, I think we better. Let's, I got to go knock on the door. That was that was. We're in, going upstairs. That was in. <laughs> I mean, folks, I don't know if you could hear that, but I mean, these people are banging. They were with, hammering the floor with up there. Force. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think it was. I don't think it was the uh, the adult relations situation. It didn't. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't headboard type activity. <laughs> if it was somebody, no, somebody just stomping on the if floor. If it was somebody's there. hurt because <laughs> they got fucked up. I mean, Jesus. Oh, man. All right, Vince. Well, anyway, um, keep keeping them honest. Jeff. No, I appreciate, appreciate you uh, being down here, and thank you for uh, doing the podcast. Yeah, and you bet. I'm sure we'll see you around in the uh, the halls of the Capitol. Amen. All right, folks. Uh, if you Solidarity. Want, uh, that's it, baby. So, <laughs> I got the when I did the Fairbanks. Um, Profiled some of the races. The uh, laborers up there helped us out a little bit for that. Um, and they they gave me um they gave me a hoodie. Right so on. You got a local nine four two hoodie. Yeah, I wear that, and people always think I'm like a laborer. You know. <laughs> so yeah. Well, you know. What I, here's what I like, Jeff. I mean, uh, nobody can accuse you. I don't think of being on one side or the other. You just call the balls and strikes. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an open. I'm an equal opportunity. You know. So <laughs> yeah. Well, folks, if you if you uh, have an idea for a podcast or want to hear any specific podcast, let me know. And uh, we will hear you next time on uh, the next episode of Landmine Radio. Yeah. Thanks, Vince. Yep. Landmine.